0: Welcome to The Associates' Corner, the project where our mission is to empower you with tools, ideas, and strategies to elevate your associateship and your career. Join us, let's get started. everyone. Welcome back to the Associates Corner. We're excited to have you here for another podcast with us. It's Catherine and we've got David here too. Um, hey, awesome. our, yeah, absolutely. You may have heard in our first episode of David, like I introduced him briefly, but David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Say hello to the Associates Corner. Hey,
1: guys. How, how's everybody doing? My name is David Gillespie. I am a co-associate with with Catherine here at, at our practice here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, graduated dental school 2017. Um, went right into, right into practice and have been, you know, it's coming up on four years now. It's kind of crazy, kind of crazy to think about. Been an associate in, in two kind of different categories, but enjoy dentistry, enjoy, enjoy everything about it from, you know, the the craft of a composite to placing implants and and getting into the digital side of stuff so excited for this this journey that this podcast is going to turn into and hopefully you all enjoy it as much as as we do because talking shops kind of what we love um, it's fun to talk about things that you care about and hopefully we can embark some pearls on our on our transition so that you can you can learn maybe some of the things that we wish we would have heard some some people say earlier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, David, that's a perfect lead-in. Exactly like you said, um, we like to talk about some of those bigger ideas, those um, mindset things, the ideas about career building. Yeah. But also some good hard skills of what we do when we sit down in our operatories every day. So I'll start us off with a quick clinical clinical tip that I've been um, working with here lately. Um, thinking about Emacs restorations, love Emacs as a material. It really um, has a fantastic potential translucency pending what you're using and where it's used. Um, the luster Again, I know that's typically used for metal in thinking about luster, but it's got a great finish. And often Emacs restorations will be glazed. Something that I've started to do more since the continuing ed course I took is hand polishing Emacs instead of using a glaze. I like the control it gives me over contacts. I like the control it gives me over that, that shine. Saliva actually does a great job in terms of especially on those anterior restorations, just matching some of the shine with the surrounding teeth with simple hand polishing. what's been your experience with that?
1: Same thing. And I think I actually started to pick that up when you, so for, for those listening, we are a pretty CERC heavy office. So we do a lot of same day restorations, a lot of in-house milling and we're basically our own lab at a pretty high level. Um, our, our, the owner of our office, Dr. Brown, she's a C-Docs mentor. So we, we have like crazy amazing access to some of this stuff really quickly in our associateships, but it's not without its own nuances and, you know, kind of finding our way. So I've started doing the same thing that, that uh, Catherine's talking about. Um, Polishing is, is huge. You know, you're just going to get a better look. Emacs is already a super aesthetic model and that's something that you can, you know, requests from your lab as well. Um, Not everybody has the, the um, luck or privilege to work with Sarah right out of school or, you know, early on in their careers. Um, But you can ask your lab, you'd be like, hey, go light on the glaze, try to try to leave it, leave it looking a little more natural and letting the, letting the patient's saliva flow really dictate how shiny or wet the the tooth actually appears and i think that's a great pearl i think it it takes people's dentistry from you know oh yeah, it looks good to holy smokes that looks it looks natural you know we're always trying to mimic nature so it's awesome. good stuff
0: yeah so i mean Give it a try, especially if uh, maybe you do have an opportunity to see a restoration before you're seeding it. That's a great opportunity to try that. Or if you are in an office with a mill, you know, give it a try. Play around with some uh, models and restorations. But let us know what you think. I mean, we're happy to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram, The Associates Corner. Um, You can also find us online at theassociatescorner.com. And heck, we even have an email. You could email us at theassociatescorner at Uh, gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. But let's dive right into today's topic, shall we, David? That, yeah, let's do it. All right. so today's topic um bounces right off of the end of that pilot episode where we were talking about our five y's ending excuse me, our five w's, mm-hmm. ending with y. and that we were kind of talking about why associates corner. But we also touched on we get asked why dentistry pretty so, much every dental interview
1: yes. right. like all the time yeah right. every, every dental because not you know i'm not spoiler alert not everybody loves the dentist so everybody's like why did you decide to do this right like they're like what the hell's wrong with you yeah, um, there's some truth yeah seriously there's there's a why in there for everybody and that's kind of what we're gonna you know, that's what we're doing today, right? We're going to kind of dissect that question on so many different levels, not just dentistry, but kind of what that entails to our everyday life and, and beyond.
0: That's right. And that question why dentistry or why fill in the blank really isn't unique to dental school interviews. Um, we'll put this link in the show notes, uh, Great TED talk really quick I think it's like less than 20 minutes if you want to listen to um, Simon Sinek he's wrote some great books has written some great books as well if you're interested in looking into that but he talks about what he calls the golden circle in his TED talk so in the very center and I'll summarize some of this he goes into much more detail in the talk but it's what how and why and a traditional model of of communicating information might be starting with that what telling someone what the product is yeah exactly yeah then the how then the why and what simon sinek does is he actually talks about how people again from a sales standpoint don't buy what you do they buy why you do it but more so when rubber meets the road Your brain, your emotions, your dedication, your, you know, um, tenacity, your endurance probably doesn't respond to what you do. It's going to respond to why you do it. So today's uh, podcast, we're titling the daily personal statement, because when you pull into work every day, um, you ultimately are making a personal statement with your life saying, here's what I'm doing. Uh And we think that could start with why.
1: Yeah, and and I think, you know, moreover, it should, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's another thing that applying to schools and, and, and getting, you know, interviewing for associateships and deciding what, what sees to take all of these decisions, they're tough decisions, and they don't come without now a financial burden. They don't come without you know, a time drain on your life, maybe your family, maybe what you have going on outside of work. So you have to know your why. You have to have that predetermined, I think, um, because it, yeah, I, we both have siblings. And that's something that I tell my younger brother all the time is if you don't master the art of decision making and starting with your why's. Then it's easy to get lost in translation. It's easy to make make mistakes. Um,
0: so what I'm kind of hearing you say too is that why not only can it be a motor but a north star as well, that exactly. compass setting where you always check back in and say, okay, cool, here's the situation. How does that relate to my my purpose, my why?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that that plays out. And I think staying true to that is important because people inherently pick up on that and i don't know what it is i, I don't know if it's like us as humans we, if when we communicate a true why to somebody like why you want to do what you want to do or why you care the way that you do they respond differently than if they're just shown or or talked to or you know it's just different it's just a different reaction And and you think about how your most genuine reactions that or interactions that you have with somebody and what made them genuine it's usually the passion that comes from somebody's why without them even explicitly telling you I think.
0: So here's an interesting thought that I'm curious to get your your perspective on you know we started this conversation kind of saying dental school any online forum would say for your interview, be ready to answer why dentistry. And I'm curious whether in that season of life, the why, maybe it's more why dental school. And I'm wondering what you think about what that either jump bridge or just evolution is between when you were finishing undergrad, interviewing for dental school, and someone said, why dentistry? And when you're pulling into our office parking lot right now, and you're why dentistry, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's so, that's a very, very good point. Because when when you're interviewing and when you're prepping that question for your dental school interview, your why is your exposure. Like, what made you think that this is cool? Like, what makes Mm. you to do this? And that's going to change. I think that, you know, editing your why or self-reflecting with your why, at least, you know, maybe yearly, maybe bi- biannual, like whatever that may be, but staying true to that is important because like, you know, that, that question of why dentistry is your shadowing experience. It's like an interaction that you had with a dentist. Maybe it's visiting a cool dentist or something like that, but it becomes different. It's, it's like, when you're sitting in your parking lot, you, you know, and you're looking at the door, and you know that on the other side of that is a is a heck of a day. Your why is you're there to help somebody, or that's my why at least. That's how mine is transitioned. It's okay. I was gonna
0: well, ask. Do you mind sharing yeah. like what? Yeah, no, mine is, you know is before and after kind of.
1: I like puzzles, and I like them at a very high level. I like problem solving, and I like finding solutions that are not only maybe not obvious, but more intuitive. And I think that that is something that I'm uniquely able to do with dentistry. And I'm able to help somebody while doing what I really love. And I think that that's my why, if I'm going to get, you know, selfish with it, if you will, is my why is I get to problem solve for somebody else with my knowledge and take into account their why. Um, and, and their own life experience and what's going on with them now. And that's what that's transitioned to. I didn't realize that, you know, nobody gives that answer when they're interviewing for dental school, but that currently is what drives me walking in the door and and working through some tough stuff and, you know, leaving maybe a little more mentally exhausted than normal because that that's the focus. How about you? How's that changed? Well,
0: first I want to say I, I just as a outside part. I see that in your practice and I see your patients benefit from it because one thing, you know, in the office, sometimes it's Dr. G not David, but you know, the, the process of looking at something and kind of like, I don't want to say like tinkering with the puzzle, but figuring out how those pieces of the patient's goal fit together. Um, that's a neat thing to see you kind of light up when you do that. So that's awesome. Um, And I can definitely share from my perspective, exactly like you said, going into dental school, you know, we're we're a product of our own experiences, right? So when you're going into undergrad thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And here's what I'm interested in. Here's what I've seen. Here's who I hope to become. It's Mm -hmm. almost a, you know, uh, I had a positive experience or I had a tough experience and here's how I'm responding to it. What I love to see, part of my undergrad experience was in psychology. And so seeing patients on multiple different levels, essentially present in an office saying, here's who I am. They're not actually saying that, but they're presenting a version of themselves by simply showing up. Mm -hmm. And you often hear me say this phrase, I'll say, I know teeth, but you know you to the patient. Sure. And being able to apply science and a little bit of art, too, to hear the patient basically say, here's who I am, here's who I want to be, or help educate the patient to, because they're saying, here's who I am. I only, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it or whatever they're what, presenting. You know, whatever they,
1: present, they say all this stuff. You know,
0: exactly. Very- and being able to offer some additional information and offer oral health as not necessarily something outside their reach, but within their reach and help them yeah. get to that.
1: That's awesome because it's funny in people listening to this might be like, okay, you guys pre, pre talk about this, but that it's so funny how that plays out. Cause I'm, we didn't, we haven't talked about this to this level no, like before, no. <laughs> but that may be, Catherine is an amazing educator and she like explains things extremely well and is probably like no, like no bones about it. One of the smartest people in the room at all times. And so for her, like, that just makes perfect sense that that is, that is your why. And you like, once you explain it, it like it's like taking one of those personality tests. You're like, Oh yeah, I, duh, yeah, that makes sense. But like, it's totally true because you can see that, with your patients and they truly benefit from it they they really understand and can grasp dentistry i feel like at a different level than they ever did when they presented with that whatever condition they were or however they were when they came in you're not only improving their their oral health but you're improving their maybe self-worth you know what i mean and their ability to attain that it's really cool i think it's an awesome why
0: and I think both of ours are always evolving. Um, we've kind of, you know, I think based on where we both evolved our careers, we've ended in group practice, which is one of the benefits from my standpoint of either being involved through continuing education or online forums or heck podcasts like this one of connecting with other dentists. Because I think for the listener, maybe for some people, this is top of mind, you know, they read Simon Sinek's books and that's like, Oh yeah, like, this is awesome. Like, this is what I always think about. I, I also want to kind of speak to the person who might be like, listen, I finished boards. There's a pandemic. I, I, my why is, I don't know what I, I have some thoughts, but I'm curious to hear yours. What's the process of defining or identifying or maybe developing a why?
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, you almost have to workshop it backwards. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think you have to start with, okay, let's start with a goal. Maybe, you know, if you don't have that innate, like, Hey, here's why I'm going to do what I do. You have to have a goal. Right. So like, whether that's, I'd start with, you know, your, your life, right. What do you want? So like mm-hmm. Catherine knows this. I want to be a dad and I, you know, Eight months ago, I became a dad, but I want to have a large family. I want to be able to parent at a high level. So that goal of mine is another one of my North stars, right? So any decision I make, any why that I can change in my life, if it makes that more feasible. So if I can be more efficient in work and that why can change, so why do the type of dentistry I'm doing, why work? more hours now it's all for that goal and that mm. why, why do I want to you know why do I want to spend more time at home well because I want to be a good dad you know and that's I want to be a good for reverse
0: engineering home. almost so yeah. I think if you don't have that why
1: yet start with your extraneous or your at home or who you want to be as a person and work backwards as to how can you facilitate your your work and your life and that balance to facilitate your why, you know, why do you, you know, what do you do in your personal life that makes you a good caregiver, that makes you a good provider, that makes you a good communicator? And whittle that down to, okay, why do you go and do dentistry every day? Or why do you, you know, show up to school and want to learn more? Or why are you searching for that associateship? Or why are you interviewing for that GPR? And I think once you do, you'll find a very, a good spot of self-calm. Because then mm-hmm. it's, you, know, you don't have to worry about, am I going in the right direction? You know what I mean? If it's, if it's working back to that goal or that your personal reasons for doing things, then usually you don't have to go much further than that. Like if it's making me more available to my family, usually that's, that's a sign for me. And that's 10 to 15 years down the road, but that's, that's my goal. You know, And that's kind of where I drive all that why through.
0: Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense, too. Like you were saying, maybe for someone who doesn't, you know, right off the bat have the two sentence, what's my why, to start defining that by saying, who do I want to become? You know, right. what's, what's that five-year version of me that I want to look back and say, oh, yeah, those were the steps that got me to place XYZ. Um, the process of thinking about a why, too, can also be a little bit uh, cathartic in terms of identifying what parts of what I do really feel satisfying to me and what do I excel at and what do I want to get better at. In that way, I like to think about macro actions and micro actions. Uh, The day is so full and there are so many large tasks we do, even if it's completing a case, the micro actions, how we interact with people, body language, how we move through our day, prepare for the next day. I think those can build up to a why as well. True. Use the word focus. And I think, or maybe what you said made me think of the word focus. No, I, I, I apologize. Yeah, I don't remember. Absolutely. I wrote it down though. Um that idea I love to think about a microscope and when you focus on one area maybe another area isn't as in focus but if you move that field of view around and take different areas of focus you can get a better whole picture maybe that's your life you know and finding that why and finding what it what it looks like.
1: I think that that brings up a very good point and that's that's that it doesn't matter really which angle you attack your why from. And that, you know, there could be, there's probably five or six other ones that we inherently don't gravitate towards, but that you start to think along those lines. Okay, well, why you know, why am I making the decisions I'm making? Why am I putting myself in the situations I'm putting myself in? And what does that mean for the outcome? And is that staying staying true from you know, um, micro level, macro level for your day, you know, like you break down your day in such a high level and it, it's, it's awesome to see. And I wish I thought like that more. Cause I put myself in precarious situations and it doesn't help my life because I end up staying late, but like, that's something that, you know, it's, it's very, you have to attack it from whichever way you, the, you know, you guys listen to the podcast, whichever way resonates with you, and whichever way you can think about coming at this, that's a better way than not thinking about it at all.
0: That's right. It's important to remember, it's taking that first step. Yeah. And instead of going through motions, have that motor, yeah. and that actually brings up another point I want to touch on briefly. Um, we've talked a lot about like intrapersonal kind of. This has been a discussion about our personal why. Mm-hmm. As a dentist, even as an associate, uh, maybe, maybe you're not a practice owner right now, but you do lead a team. In every operatory, there's that team of the patient, what assisting staff you're working with, if you've got a hygiene team, and you, the, the dentist. And my thought is that I don't necessarily think, you know, you have to wear your, your why printed on a t-shirt, but being able to communicate with the people you're working with through your actions that there's a reason we're doing this and there's a reason that the little things and the big things matter to who we're becoming as a team. Now, I think there's the potential and this just gets me so like, uh, I love thinking about this because it's it's not only then my personal okay, I'm going to do this to be who I want to be in five years. But it can elevate team performance from my experience and perspective almost exponentially. Uh, Not everyone's going to get on board. Not everyone's going to vibe it. But I think there's like, you know, people say like a je ne sais quoi. I don't know about someone who just has a motor and Mm -hmm. can demonstrate it with and to the people around them. You may even notice that like I think in treatment planning maybe is another way it could come out.
1: Yeah, no, I think y- you bring up a very valid point and it, it might be a segue, it-, it might be skipping ahead a little bit, but knowing others why, mm-hmm. right? You talk about y- the team and I think that that's something that, you know, we like to think of as a patient example that I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit, but, you know, we're on the topic of team. If you know your team members why it makes you that much more effective in leading them because like let's say you have a team member whose why is their children at home, right? And they get a call from somebody at the child's school that says, Hey, I have something going on. I need to be available. I'm like, put your phone in your pocket, make sure you're available for your child. Like, Even though they're helping me chairside, even though it's maybe against our office policy, I understand that their why is that little one. Or maybe it's their dog that's sick and at the vet and they're expecting a call. Same response. You you have to think about the other people that you're working with and their why so that that relationship is firm and that relationship is strong. Because if you don't know their why, why should they give a darn about yours? It's you know, powerful. That, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's powerful, and it and it makes makes you a more cohesive team. It makes you connect on different levels, and the more connected you are with your team, the better that process performs because they can they can think ahead and for you in some cases. Um, and I think that that's something that ultimately drives better patient outcomes, is because they see that they, it's it's like you said, it, the genesis or the vibe or the feels of the appointment just elevate from there and the work just seems easier when you're on the same page I love it yeah I
0: love it and it's just so cool to think about I think what's so neat it's the same question we were asked when we were what like 20 you know 21 we were asked why dentistry and I'm excited to see You know, if maybe later on the podcast when we're talking with people at different points in their career, I will be so interested personally to see how my experience evolves over time and grows and also, you know, hear from other people.
1: Right. Yeah, because everybody's got a different one and it's such a, you know, I think of the the child in the backseat of the car because I probably was that kid asking why a thousand times to a different things to a parent. Right. Like, why this? Why that? And eventually it's just like, just because. But everybody has a different formation of why those questions come in and why they do what they do. And it's it's what makes you unique. You know, it's, it was, it's what makes everything uh, different and, and have a little bit of variety to it. I think it's a lot of fun to dissect this.
0: For sure. I feel like we've covered most of what we were thinking. Is there anything from your perspective that we need to hit on before I uh, finish out and let people know where they can find us?
1: I think the only other one that I can think of that that comes into the day-to-day is the patient's why. And I think that Mm. that is something that you, like, ultimately, your why has to coincide with theirs at some point. And that's something that I think our team members are really good at establishing is our patients. Why? And that's something that even if I'm meeting somebody who's been in the practice for years and years, I just ask them flat out. I'm like, so what are you looking for out of this relationship? Why, why us? Why now what's going on? Well, give me insight because there's nothing more powerful than knowing somebody's Why? And I I hate to say the word manipulate because it has such a negative connotation. But in true, I think it's true that you, as a dental provider, manipulate people sometimes to do what's best for themselves. Um, And if you don't know why they're even sitting in front of you, it's very hard to do that. If you don't know why they're seeking dental care at all, it's very hard to do that because they could have a tooth that hurts them. But if you don't ask why, they're not going to tell you. Sometimes we we deal with a, a tougher demographic and you can miss something or they might have something else going on. It's just such a valuable question to ask. I think that doesn't, doesn't hold enough weight. So many healthcare providers in general don't listen and they talk more than they listen. And I feel like we're in a very intimate setting. We're one-on-one a lot of times with maybe one other team member in the room. It's, it's a good place to, for you to be vulnerable and to show that vulnerability and show that caring. And I think for a young associate, that's, that's a really good place to start is start with that almost caregiver and I'm there for you feel to your appointments and to your conversations, because that's going to help these patients feel comfortable with you. And maybe not the first appointment, maybe not the second appointment, but give you their why over time. Um, you're going to be older, most more often than not, you're going to be older than 90% of your patients or younger than 90% of your patients, they're going to have life experiences that we can't even dream of. But their why is going to be vastly different and it's going to be vastly unique. And that's where you're going to find that bond that makes makes every day more fun, I think. So. Absolutely.
0: And I know when you were just mentioning that, you kind of used the word like, mm, do we manipulate? I think the maybe an even more accurate term there might be lead, lead the patient to a new understanding and lead that partnership of patient and provider in a way that's toward an elevated status of oral health, that's out of pain, that's toward education for what could be possible, you know, and knowing their why and connecting on that level rather than on the what. I'm not right. sure anyone wants a class 2 filling.
1: Right? I'm really
0: not sure anyone does.
1: Yeah, no, I know I sure don't, but I got a bunch so it's, Well,
0: yeah. But and edit, it and it fulfills, when you can fulfill a y with composite. That's right. a successful that's true. appointment. That's the
1: difference. That's a very good tie-in. I think that's I think that's perfect. I think that's a perfect ending. I think it's Well,
0: exactly let's let the listeners know they can connect with us on Instagram. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Share this with someone. If you know, um, you know, if you're, if you got some friends from dental school who are in associateship, if you guys are practice owners and want to know what associates are thinking, uh, share our podcast. We'd love that. You can find us, um, on our website at theassociatescorner.com. Our blog and website are always up. Um, we'll be getting podcasts out to you, ideally twice or more per month. And like we always say, keep the patient first. The rest really does work out after that. So we'll look forward to talking to you guys next time.
1: Yeah, thanks for your time, guys. You have a, have a great week, day, month, whatever, whatever clip you're listening to us on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good one.